we've got quite an important story coming up and it surrounds Bob Hewitt. Uh, as you know, uh, Bob Hewitt has, uh, has essentially uh, applied for a sentence conversion after serving just a third of his six-year team, uh, uh, term rather, at, uh, at St. Albans Prison. He's 78 years old and uh, he's been incarcerated in that jail since 2016 for raping two young women and sexually assaulting another. Now, he'd been their tennis coach roughly 30 years ago and Olivia Jazreel is one of the survivors of his sexual violence. She told us earlier how she was feeling about the prospect of the case being revisited. How am I feeling? I am feeling angry. I'm feeling anxious. Um, And, you know, I've been thinking about it. It took me four years to pull myself together after the trial. Yes. He's, He's served half of those four years. And I've been set back eight years to the time when I spoke out for the first time in 2010 when I started dealing with my stuff. Mm-hmm. So I've been set back. I'm very unhappy about it. And I'm, I'm traumatized. I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I've been set back eight years. That, that's, that's almost a decade. My understanding is that uh, Bob Hewitt is asking for sentence conversion, which is not the same thing as parole. Well, what do you understand sentence conversion to be? So my understanding of the sentence conversion is that he actually would like to go and serve the rest of his sentence or the remaining years of his sentence um, at home under house arrest um, with his family. And and on what grounds? Has, has he mentioned it all or has he, have his lawyers told you on what grounds he's making this application? Um, I actually haven't seen, I haven't actually seen the paperwork. Um, I think it's, I think it's to do with his age. I think maybe he just feels that he's, you know, served his time. Yes. Um, uh, and, and my understanding is that there's, there's no, um, it, it's not because he's ill or anything because there's no paperwork, um, you know, stating that, that, that he is ill or there's any, any health issues or anything. And besides, he would get that in prison in any case. So I just think that he's, I think he's, he's taking a chance and I think he, he wants to go home and spend, you know, spend the remainder of his years with his family. Um, I'm never going to see my family again because of what he did. So I'm mm. not quite understanding why he thinks it's okay to go and spend time with his family. Olivia, what sort of process are you going to have to go through as part of this application? Because I understand you and others are going to oppose it. Yes. So we've had to rehash um, our statements in terms of how the trial and how the trauma of what what happened to us has affected us. Um, We've we've basically had to... um, say that, that we're not okay um, because my understanding and the way I've been made to feel is that if I portray that I'm 100% okay and everything, then it's going to be okay for him to go out. Yes. You know, they, they have stated that, that this is about us and about how we feel about it. Um, so so it's, it's, it's a huge process. I mean, you know, rewriting my statement and, and having to, to, to dig up things that I didn't really want to have to dig up was very, very difficult. Um, our statements have, have been put together. They are going to be presented, um, in writing to the, to the parole board. They have to be in by Friday. And then my understanding is, is that the parole board will make a decision as to whether or not they will allow him to apply for um, a sentence conversion, which would mean if, if, if they do grant it, we would have to go and face him in court again.
So, so let me understand this. I mean, you've been through the whole trial. Uh, it, it, I know it, it was a long and torturous or, ordeal for, for all of you who went through this. Uh, and, and, and now you're simply going to have to do it again. You'll, you will have to relive that, that entire experience and, and essentially re- reenact all of it again if it gets to it. Um, yes, you know, and um, I know how dirty he can fight. So, I mean, my, 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 my fear right now is, you know, is it, is it going to be as dirty and as ugly and as terrible as it was the first time? And it, it, it probably is going to be. It is going to be extremely traumatic. I could think of nothing worse than having to go and sit in a courtroom again in, in that situation because I know how it's going to trigger me and I know how it's going to upset me. I, I can't imagine what it must be like to uh, to have to, to to relive all of this again. But th- does it mean that I, I know you're based in Gauteng? Does it mean you're going to have to travel to the Eastern Cape if the case gets to that point? Um, I believe that that is not the case. I believe that that, that if the parole board do grant him um, access to a court to apply for 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 the conversion, um, I believe that he would have to come up to Gauteng because that is where he was sentenced. And my understanding is, is, is that the judge that heard our, or that, that, that conducted our trial will be the same person that will, will conduct this hearing. Do you think that will go some way towards uh, at, at least creating a, a certain amount of familiarity with the case so that uh, you, you won't be in a situation where every little detail will be rehashed from, from the word go? I must be honest, uh, once I heard that, I did feel a lot better. I mean, I had a complete breakdown a couple of weeks ago because because of this whole thing. And I thought, you know, I'm now going to go and have to face this man in PE, people who know absolutely nothing about me or my journey or anything are now going to make a decision on my life. Um, and that, that, that really, really just freaked me out completely. The fact that um, the, the possibility that that, that uh, Judge Bert Bam is, is going to hear it again. I think, you know, he, his, his opinion counted in the constitutional court, in the highest of the highest courts. And, you know, I, I have some faith that it, it could possibly go our way. I understand in the interim, Olivia, you've started a petition for members of the public. And, uh, and, and how, exactly what are you hoping uh, that, uh, that they will do as part of this you petition? Know, the, the, the petition the petition was initially as soon as I heard that he was applying for parole, I started the petition and obviously you know the parole has changed to sentence conversion um, so the, 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 the petition is about him not being given parole and i've had a, I've had a fantastic response um, by petition standards and and you know to get people to sign petitions is, is really really difficult. So I think I'm very, very close to about 3,000 signatures at the moment. But, but having said that, I've, I've had a lot of people who they've looked at the, the, the petition and won't sign the petition because they are saying to me, I should forgive him and get on with my life. How do you feel about that um, when people say that to you? I want to just lose my mind. I forgave him for what he did to me. However, he still committed a pretty heinous crime. And I don't believe that forgiveness and allowing him to to laugh at the system, the, the justice system, is on any level okay because it's two very, very different things. Olivia Jasrill, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us.